Amen and amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for that good song service. Feel a good spirit among us this morning. Amen. How many sweet Holy Spirit to come among us today? Amen. Brother Branham talked about that sweet spirit that comes among the believers when we gather together to worship Him. There's a lot of things went on this past week. I noticed something. Uh, the news is getting to where there's no news at all except bad news. And uh, they passed a law this week already now. Pelosi, bless her heart. We can't use the word parents anymore. You can't use the word mother anymore. Daughters are distinguish any gender it's got to be I don't know what it's got to be like parents or y'all all out there or whatever but after they passed this law that you've noticed the guy that or the preacher or whoever it was to come up to dismiss the house in prayer have you ever seen you seen that he prays his stupid prayer and it says amen a woman A man and a woman. Now, you tell me that the devil is not in the White House? <laughs> I mean, a man and a woman. What kind of stupid. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. <clears throat> I, I think it's time to go on over on the other side of myself. <laughs> we're, we're not welcome here. I guarantee you that. We're, we're just not welcome here. And how many can see how easy it is where you can't buy or sell now? All they have to do is turn that little box off in your purse or your pocket. And as far as 99% of the world is concerned, you're done. You can't get to your money. You can't get to your nothing. You can't do nothing. You can't transact nothing. You can't buy nothing. You can't do nothing. So there's a little group out there, three companies are telling you what you can do, what you can say, what you can buy, and how you will do it. I say if you don't have an AK-55, you need an AK-65 or something. But you might as well get rid of it because we won't need it. <laughs> we won't need it because they're not going to find us. Amen. It's a little bride they're after. We're, <laughs> we're, we're so insignificant and stupid that they don't even. Sinless, what do you mean? They got a sign out there on the road, sinless. <laughs> Forget them characters. And I, I'm, all, I'm all far forgetting who I am and where I am. See, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about uh, advertising on Facebook and whatever more. I could care less whether they ever knew where that was at or not. Because they're not going to get to us, but they're after us. <clears throat> don't worry, this is not COVID. This is what you call a preacher's affliction. If I've got, if I've got COVID, I've had it for 35 years ever since I've been preaching, so don't worry about that. What's been on my mind this week is basically our subject, and we want to look at it. It's what we used to use as a title to preach a good old Pentecostal sermon. And that's to get everybody revved up, get everybody clapping their hands, rejoicing, and getting in the Spirit. But I want to approach it this morning the way that it should be approached and the way that it is being uh, 
not understood because the result of all of this that we're having in America now is because they quenched the Holy Spirit himself. Now, David, if you can put the light up there, I, I guess I need to put it on the board. Finally, I think we begin to be mature enough to put this picture on the wall now because we know what it is. When I talk about the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about that light. Now that light is the angel of God's presence. It is not God per se. It is a reflection of God. It is an angel or a messenger of God's presence. It can be called God himself because it is. It is the Holy Ghost. It is the Son of God. Brother Bam called it in one message, the token itself. Meaning what? The Holy Ghost himself. And we know the Holy Ghost is God. And there's only one God, so we got it singled down to basically there's three that bear reckon heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So when I'm talking about quenching the Spirit this morning, I'm talking about shutting off the influence of the presence of that light. How do you do it? Most people don't even understand that they have done it. Because of teaching, they turn it off in their minds. And what you can't believe, you cannot obtain. How many understands that? If I can shut off in your mind or turn off a, or put a doubt in your mind that that light is God and that His presence is here with us today, if I can turn that off, then you are beginning to your course of destruction. You will die without it. People don't understand that this message was, like Brother Branham said, like Paul, this message is something different than the other seven church ages. <clears throat> it's a complete new revelation of God. It is so unique, he said, only the very elected, and those are the ones that are wise enough to have their names in a section of the book to be able to see it. The rest won't. Doesn't mean they're lost. They just will not see it will not be able to receive this light to where it will separate them to a section of seed that they take that and make that their confession for the resurrection and the rapture. It is very unique. We understand without a prophet there can be no manifestation of God's presence. We must also understand that basically the prophet, no matter who he is, is God to the people. So therefore, if you have no word prophet, you have really no manifestation of God's presence there. When the prophet leaves, only thing you have is basically what the message or the voice that told you what that light told him. Now, in the New Testament, we got down what the light revealed to the Apostle Paul and to Peter and James and the others. We've got on restored tape now in books what this light spoke to this prophet. You begin to quench the revelation of the light 
by failure of basically yielding your minds to what the light is here for. This light did not come to fill you with the Holy Spirit. It comes to those who had received the Holy Spirit, which was the allotment of the Word for your hour, looking all the way back to Jesus of 2,000 years ago, that His death be on resurrection. We believe that. He's here now to move you from 2,000 years to present tense. So we were told by this light that we could absolutely preach the blood, we can preach Jesus, we can preach resurrection, we can look back 2,000 years, we can go to all the Old Testament stories of psychology and preach about David, everything in this Bible, and it would not do one thing for you except make you religious. <clears throat> that God come down Himself uniquely to make Himself known to what He's here for, and that is not to fill you with the Holy Ghost, but to take those who are filled with the Holy Ghost to basically a resurrection and a rapture. In other words, bring us to immortality. Failure to recognize that light, He said, would be the same as those in the days of Noah that didn't get in the boat. And we're in the days of Noah now. Total darkness is in the land. So in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 19, and we're looking at basically the spirit of wisdom that we've been talking about in Ephesians 1, 17. We looked the last two or three weeks about prayer, what more, and Paul prayed the prayer that to those who had the Holy Ghost, verse 13 and 14, that they would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation to give them an understanding to bring them to the power that God used in Christ when he raised him from the dead. In other words, we're looking at a revelation of a presence that that presence would absolutely quicken our mortal bodies in this time frame and bring the sleeping saints visible to us because they're already here. And together, it would immortalize our bodies. We don't understand that yet. And we'll be caught up into another dimension in the presence of the physical, literal Jesus, our Messiah, now incarnated by this light again at the marriage supper of the Lamb. <clears throat> So when Jesus, the man, is incarnated by this light, that would make the man, that person, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the perfect expression of the invisible one. All right? Paul is praying for this spirit to come back to the church to finish his promise or covenant of redemption by bringing forth a resurrection and the catching away of the body of Christ. So now we're moving basically to alpha principle to omega fulfillment. If I can look back here and see it in the alpha, I can understand what he's doing among us today in the omega. All right. So Paul's prayer was that this spirit would come and finish his work or the revelation that he had 
which remember the church back there 2,000 years ago rejected the revelation of this presence that would bring them to the statue of a perfect man, to bring them to immortality, to bring the benefits of this revelation of Paul. They turned it down, turned the light out, and we find in the dark ages it died. They quenched the revelation of the apostle Paul. And we could spend hours and months on how they done it. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Brother Bam said the first thing they done was change water baptism. The second thing they done was change the Godhead. And then they organized and death began to come in and completely died. It died out by quenching. Slowly shutting off in the minds of the people to starve the soul, so to speak, or keep the soul from manifesting exactly what it was as sons and daughters of God. Now, we put in your notes, we want you to understand that even this quenching did not, God or Satan cannot change your relationship with God to your soul. You are and always was, always will be a child of God in the soul realm. Satan cannot change that now. Now, he can put you in shackles, make you insane and everything else, but he still can't change that. So get out of your mind that a Holy Spirit or a predestinated gene uh, cannot be insane, cannot be this and cannot be that, cannot be sick and cannot be that. The devil can affect all our realms except that soul realm. And he can keep that through the mind shut off to where it cannot stimulate, quicken, grow, gain knowledge, or exercise itself in any form. It can be quenched down so much that it can't really don't even have any thirst. But those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Okay. So Paul lays this aside and he tells you that this mystery is going down in chapter 3 and 4. He says there will be a fivefold ministry to bring it back. And it comes all the way over to chapter 5 verses 16 and 19. And now what is he telling this Ephesian church? That is full of the Holy Ghost, that it accepted with joy the revelation given to the Apostle Paul. They were perfect. They were under the blood. They were ready for the capstone to set down. They had brotherly love. They were where they needed to be to go to immortality. And Paul warns them at the end in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 19, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit by rejoicing. Don't let what's coming before you cut your rejoicing in who you are. Do not let that diminish. No matter how dark it gets and how much the tribulation comes, and they knew it was already there persecuting the saints, don't let your joy of your predestinated gospel begin to tone your spirit down to where that voice and that mind takes over to quieten the soul. Don't quit praying without ceasing for the promise of God himself to come to finish the work don't let it die out. Don't let it cool off. Don't let it simmer down. 
Quench not the spirit. Now that can be applied in one or two ways. Your human spirit and the spirit of God. I'm using it as the capital S, the spirit. And furthermore, I'm using it as the spirit of God. As we showed you before, the pillar of fire. At this end time, this revelation of Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever, God himself in the form of a light is here among the church. It is here. We cannot see it with our natural eye. But our faith and our soul and our spirit tells us and bears witness to the voice that God himself is here and we will not let that revelation begin to dry up and to be quenched out of our minds, out of our confession to destroy us. What does quench mean? What does it mean? See if we can put this definition on the board if we can. Quince is a strange word, really, and it's applied, and I'm applying it in this sense. Watch. It means to put out. This age is known as Laodicea. Where is Jesus Christ portrayed in the Scripture as far as, far as the church is concerned in this last age? It shows him outside the church, knocking, trying to get back into the church. So something has happened worldwide as far as the church is concerned. Something in the church has squeezed him completely out of their presence, out of their midst. He is not in there anymore. So I can scripturally say that there's not one person sitting in a church system organized under a name of religion, and you can name them off by the hundreds, that have the Spirit or the Holy Spirit in their hearts to any degree outside of basically recognizing Jesus come 2,000 years ago. There is no wise version in any of those systems. The Holy Spirit has called His sons and daughters out of that system has indicted it for the second crucifixion. And judgment is now being brought up on it by total darkness to the Word of God. And you can see that when they begin to pray, Amen and Amen. The devil has took over America. The devil has took over the church in America. And the spirit of fear, and we'll get to this in a, maybe the next lesson. The spirit of fear is so going to reign in our minds that they will accept the Antichrist in the form of a world religion controlled by the Catholic system. You saw it can't come. You didn't think this week could come either. As we said before, you cannot logically, mentally figure out how 80 million people could have their minds so warped. And basically 75 million of those 80 are sitting in church this morning. 
declaring that they are Christians. They are spirit-filled. And vote in this Antichrist, anti-God, kill-on-demand babies. Bunch of nonsense, whatever more, they cannot work. And walk to the voters booth and vote this stuff in and go back to church this morning and praise God. It cannot be done. What the prophet said, we didn't understand. Years ago, he said, they'll be in their churches worshiping the devil, thinking that they're worshiping God under a spirit so close to the Holy Ghost, they cannot tell the difference. And the reason they cannot tell the difference is because they think their spirit that they're in is their true destiny or their true person. They think the spirit is the innermost part of man. Body, soul, spirit. The spirit of wisdom come and corrected that false error. Because we know that the God can anoint your human spirit and manifest Himself, even like you're a Christian impersonator. The Holy Spirit can get on your human spirit and cause you to act, get in the spirit, speak in tongues, preach the gospel, play like a Christian, and not one ounce of light in your soul at all. <laughs> we see that over and over and over. Preachers preaching the gospel for years. Moving off into corruption, women and everything else, leaving the pulpit, that soul never was quickened. Now, I'm not saying I've got something you hadn't got. Every one of us sits under this condition this morning. I cannot say, well, I preached 35 years, so I know a man. I spoke in tongues, I know a man. I've cast out devils, I know a man. I got this, I know a man. There's not one thing I can point to you this morning to know that I'm in. Not one thing. And you cannot either. We cannot prove that we're sons and daughters of God. You say, well, I can walk on water and prove it. The devil walk and hold your hand at the same time. You say, what are we going to do then? <laughs> have faith. You have to have faith in a voice. You have to have faith in God himself. And you cannot quench in your mind what that Spirit has told you that you are. And your destination is assured by thus saith the Lord. Amen. I don't think it's not going to be questioned. Because just put yourself as the three Hebrew children in a fiery furnace. Do you think they said, man, tomorrow morning we're going to get thrown in a fiery furnace. Glory to God. I bet that's going to feel good. Hell, hallelujah. Look, God's going to show up and prove that we're sons and daughters of God. They didn't have a clue whether God's going to show up or not. They say, if he don't, I'm still not going to change my mind. And look, I may take a rapture. I may not. I may hit the tribulation wide open. But whether I go in a rapture, whether I die, or whether I don't, I'm not, by the grace of God, as long as i got a sound mind, going to change my confession that God himself is here, and he promised to take me all of the way. He promised. Oh, it's, it's, it's not anything. It's, that's just the way. That makes me sound like a preacher, son. I wonder what everybody's panicking for trying to get me some water. 
I was trying to sound that way. That sounded good to me. I sound like all them other preachers now. I always wondered. I didn't sound like, huh, huh. I didn't have that voice, you know. Huh, huh. I thought, my God, I'm not even called. I don't even sound like them guys. <sighs> now that I try my best not to sound like those guys, and he gets me a glass of water. To... <laughs> Look at what it actually means. To put out. Now, who are we talking about putting out? The pillar of fire, God himself, the Word, which is the Logos now. I'm not talking about the Bible. This is, by, this is the Logos in a rhema form or the written Word of God. I'm talking about the light, the Logos, the very concept, the thoughts that come out of the eternal spirit to start the whole thing. To put out, if you had the seven church ages up here, draw it out. You can see how the light, each age, but the last age, total dark. If the last age is total dark, somebody called Christians put out the revelation, which is called light. Somebody put it out. They didn't put it out like boom, boom, boom. They put it out because they closed this entrance of the word right up here. And Satan tricked them into thinking too much about this out here. And not thinking enough about this right down here. To put out the light. Now this is what the word quench according to your Western dictionary. To cool hot coals with water. I think they went to the Bible, looked up the condition of the Laodicean church, and wrote down, this is, this is the definition of quenching the Spirit. I wish that you was cold, because if you was cold, I could come in and send in an evangelist and build a fire under you. And I wish you were either hot, so you can blow a little steam out and get something moving, but being lukewarm... How many likes a lukewarm stew? I'd rather eat cold stew or so hot you can't swallow stew instead of lukewarm stew. I don't know of anybody that likes lukewarm. But my wife says, is it too cool? I said, no. Is it too hot? No. In other words, I'll eat it any way it's put in front of me. But it's better being hot than it is being cold. Are you hot or cold this morning? Now, how many knows that I'm talking to you and me? I'm not talking about them out there. I'm talking about us in here. To quench the warmth or presence of someone to you. My subject is quench not the spirit. In other words, do not quench God who has proven to you that he is here to do something for us. Don't quench in your mind or your confession what he's here to do for you. Because only by your confession can he do what he said he would do. 
So if he come to tell you that you were already healed 2,000 years ago, don't put in your mouth that you're sick then. Rejoice for the revelation that he healed me 2,000 years ago when he died on Calvary. In other words, don't let our confession pertain to those things that we don't think we have. How many is always complaining? Well, we don't have enough of this, and we don't have enough of that, and we don't have enough music, we don't have enough that, we don't have enough. We, so we don't have enough of. But I don't see in the Bible where God ever asked anybody when He brought them to a condition, uh, what is it you don't have? When Jesus sat down to feed the multitude, He didn't say, what is it we don't have? They, they went to Jesus and told Him what they didn't have. Uh, we don't have any food and they're all hungry. What did Jesus, what do you have? Well, we got five little bitty pieces of fish here and a few loaves of bread. He said, then bring me what you do have. And let's see if God will multiply it. How many has got an amen still left in your confession this morning? Well, let's bring the, our amens to God and see what he will do with what we do have. How many has a conviction that you know who you are by the grace of God, you're going to stay all the way? All right, bring that what you do have, and let's put it in our mouth and see what God will do with what we do have. Hallelujah. To an end by, don't bring someone, watch out. To quench the warmth or presence of someone to you. In other words, to bring something immaterial I'm talking about the vindicated, thus saith the Lord. I'm telling you that God himself is here. I took me out of the way. The prophet said, my minister declared to you that he's here. He's standing right here. He's not in heaven. He's standing right here. And he's fulfilling the scripture pertaining to himself. Glory to God. Amen. So if God's not off on a far journey and he's right here, then if I got any faith at all, I can ask the Father, that's who it is, anything in my name, which is Jesus Christ, and Jesus 2,000 years ago said, when God comes in this hour, whatever you ask him, he'll give it to you. But there's one requirement. You had to recognize that he was there. And only your confession will bring his presence into a manifestation. To bring something immaterial to an end, watch, by dampening, cooling, or decreasing, watch now, a rational understanding of the laws of nature can quench impossible desires. I like that definition. Now apply that to this pillar of fire, this token, that for 50-something years has been with us, slowly bringing us to the conclusion of His plan. In Ephesians 1, 16 to 19, I want you to understand now, this is the spirit that we're talking about, where Paul said, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, 
In everything, give thanks to God. Amen? Now, don't quit doing those things because you'll quench the Spirit if you do. Don't quit rejoicing. If we don't understand the sleeping saints being here with us, ooh, ooh, that should make a Pentecostal feel something which doesn't mean nothing. But if they're already here by thus saith the Lord, then they're here by thus saith the Lord. If I acknowledge that, then my confession is that they are here. My confession begins to confirm in flesh what the spirit, that invisible, the immaterial one, has spoke to me by a prophet or a voice. Today that voice should be a fivefold ministry. Are you following? So don't cut off your baptism of your Holy Spirit. Don't cut off verse 13, 14. I know that you've already got the Holy Ghost. Don't cut that off. Brother Bram said, now Pentecostals had the Holy Ghost again, that restoration again. Don't cut that off. But I'm telling you now, the anointing that you had and the gift that you got from the Spirit, that Spirit Himself is here now talking to you face to face. So don't discount the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't quit praying. Don't quit rejoicing. Rejoice that you got that because it's an indication of a presence there to teach me something. Praise God, he's got to open my understanding to something. I can stand up here, shake it in the name of Jesus, and something might happen or it might not happen. I've seen it happen, and I've seen it not happen. Now we're 20 years down the road. What difference did that make? What difference does it make? Well, I can tell a story. I remember when being at church. Well, you, Dennis, you was there. I remember being at church. The woman began to cackle like, and Spirit talked to me right out of that little old girl. Wow, you're greater men than me. Prayed for me. Wow, God, I'm here. This is my house. I'm not coming out of my house. I said, you lying devil, come out in the name of Jesus. She been to dance around, cackle like a chicken. No man sitting over here said, well, she's cackling like a chicken. She sounded like a chicken. Boy, we rejoiced about it. Boy, that was a great service. Went and praised the Lord. Hallelujah. And went, went to the next one. Didn't mean nothing. Didn't mean nothing. What did I learn? Well, I learned if you stir up the devils, they'll show up. <laughs> and I learned when you stir them up, they will show up and they'll stir you up. But I also learned if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone too. So every preacher began to say, oh, I uh, don't seem to have the authority over that idiot there. So I'm just going to let that one sit there. I'm just not going to preach on that anymore. I think I'll just kind of quench that little spirit down a little bit. So we're going to quit coming around the altar and praying because it seems to, when you get everybody in emotional, it seems to get them all stirred up. That's when these problems begin to come up. I can tell you the story being in Phoenix, the prayer line was here to the parking lot out there, double fold. Spirits being cast out, devils screaming, whatever more. I can talk about that. 
But 27 preachers on the pulpit said, oh, we don't want that. No, 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 no way. That's too Pentecostal. We just don't want that because we can't have any control over those spirits. So uh, we just don't want that. You can argue about whether it was right, whether it was God, whether it was wrong. But the point being is you shut down something. You begin to quench it just a little bit. And now the Pentecostal movement under a prophet. Their main theme was for the 20 years after Brother Brown left, we are not Pentecostal. We don't believe in altar calls. We're not believing prayer meetings. We're going to cut down the spirit. We don't believe in amen. We don't believe in nothing going on in the church except listen to me. I am the complete authoritarian of the Word of God. I'm going to tell you what you must do and how you must dress and how you're going to pay your tithes and how you're going to follow the pastor because he's God's servant behind the pulpit and you better listen to him. And most of you are part of it now that Branham churches are sitting with 10 or 15 people in it, mostly families here and there that can't sit anywhere else, void of the Holy Ghost and the blessings of God. How did we shut that great revival, that spirit among us down? We slowly begin to say, I don't believe that. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. That spirit is the one that we're talking about that the prophet of God said, He is here. And what is He going to do? He's going to open the eyes of our understanding that we may know what is the great expectation of our calling, which is immortality and rapture. Watch now. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, which his inheritance was a name above every name. Amen. And a revelation of that name given to us by this angel of this light to the Gentiles. And in that name will the Gentiles trust. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not Jesus 2,000 years ago. But the Lord Jesus Christ that has appeared in this hour vindicated his presence here by raising the dead and every supernatural sign that you can come up with, but especially the opening of the Word to put Scripture in line with Scripture to bring us to a true revelation and doctrine of the Apostle Paul or the written Word of God. Without that, we're lost. Without that, we're total in darkness. We're waiting around here. We're blinded. Our eyes are scaled over. You can't see nothing. Gross darkness is in the land. Something has been quenched out. Something has been shut off. Notice that what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on his own right hand in heavenly places far above. Now, here's the authority. Here's what this light come to do to the body of Christ. This end time group of believers. Those with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Those who are elected. Whose names are in the book. Those who recognize what God is doing in this hour. These are the ones that receives a revelation by the spirit of wisdom. That all the powers and principalities which are demons and demonic activity and all the benefits of demonic darkness 
will not have any suppression or effects upon our soul in this hour. Because why? We are shut in, sealed up. He cannot get in here to get us. What is it that he cannot get into? The revelation of the presence of Almighty God. He cannot get in there. I hear churches, 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 church, charismatic, Baptist, whatever more you can listen to any of them. They always teach the presence of God, the presence of God. The, and they deny the very word that declares that he's here. Let's read some notes here. What I got out. Maybe it'll move us. Watch. We as believers in Jesus Christ are only the Jesus of 2,000 years ago. They come forth in the flesh. And by that ministry of the Son of God, which he said he was the Son of Man. He didn't say he was the Son of Man. Son of Man. Word manifest in flesh. Through that fleshly ministry, he purchased by his death, burial, and resurrection. He purchased our redemption because we were made sinners because we were sold into sin. You say, well, I'm not a sinner anymore. You're not a sinner anymore, but you was a sinner. Because every person born of a woman was made a sinner. By your birth, you was made a sinner. Because by your birth broke a law of God that created, brought sin in, which was natural reproduction. By birth, we are made sinners. But we're told in this hour that by God's grace, a light would shine into darkness. Give us a new spirit that we may be able to receive the Holy Ghost when he comes in the form of a pillar of fire. You say, oh, I got the Holy Ghost. Most of us only have a new spirit, a cleaned up spirit. Brother Bram said the Pentecostals thought they received the Holy Ghost when God cleaned them up. Got rid of cigarettes, smoking, lying, chewing, drinking. Women begin to dress right a little bit. So, oh, I got the Holy Ghost by my conduct. No, you got a cleaned up spirit. Now then you're ready to receive the Holy Spirit himself because we are unique we're see we're not born in an age that's going to die and wait and come up another another we are the end product we are either the harvest of the shuck or the harvest of the seed there's not another age coming this is it we're either going into the tribulation which we're inching there day by day Or we're going to have a revival. Now, when I mean revival, I mean what you've done to quench out the Spirit. You're going to have to open your mind and your mouth and renew your mind in the Spirit. Do you realize this morning, if the power of darkness or Satan could get off of your flesh out of your mind and turn you loose this morning, revival could happen in 15 minutes. Ever here, everybody here under the influence of that soul of God could raise up, take over the human spirit, open their mouth and rejoice in God, and the Spirit, that Holy Ghost, would come among us, and there would be a true worship and a praise to Almighty God.
Just like that. What keeps it from happening? Each one of us has an ability to turn that faucet. I can sit right here right now and say, well, I'm not feeling too good. Nobody's enjoying the service too well. I think I'll just submit down to it and just, we'll just all agree that we're all whatever. Or I can say, wait a minute. Now, you're not rejoicing, and you prayed for the anointing to show up. Let me pray for the anointing to come this morning. You prayed that I would show up. Are you doubting that I'm going to answer your prayer? Are you doubting that the Holy Ghost is even here this morning? If you are, something's wrong. You're quenching something. Because the Bible said where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. So he is here whether you understand it or not. God himself is here. So what's trying to turn our, our spirit off from getting under the influence of his spirit, which is the word? I'm not talking about getting over here and mute, boom, 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 until everybody gets to go. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when God himself gets down and moves that soul in here to where it brings your spirit subject that you open your mouth and the Holy Ghost speaks through your mouth. Praise be to God. Boy, I'm sounding almost like a Pentecostal this morning. Hallelujah. I like that. Maybe I can pour coal on, water on my head every Saturday night and have a throat cold. Amen. I remember that one time I got, I got to listen to these preachers and they all sounded, you know how they sound, I, I can't even copy it, but they all sound the same. So I poured water on my head and got in the cool air hoping I'd get a cold. And I went to church that morning and I had that cold, I was, oh, and my throat was growling. I'd been preaching two nights before that. Man, I sounded just like them guys. I was so anointed, I just couldn't hardly hold myself. And I preached and hollered and whatever more. And you know what? It didn't affect the people one iota. They all felt sorry for me because I had a cold. And I thought that Pentecostal sound should stir them up, but it didn't stir them up at all. So I said, okay, Lord, it's not what I sound or what, how I sound like. It's what I must be saying. So I'm going to say what you tell me to say and what your word says, regardless of whether I understand it, regardless of whether I'm fulfilling it, regardless of whether I can live it, whether I can produce it, regardless of anything that happened to me, I'm going to preach it anyhow, and you've got to do what you've got to do. Because only you can do what's necessary to be done. Hallelujah. And if I can get the people to get out of the way, Get themselves out of the way. If I can convince you this morning to get yourself out of the way, I guarantee you the anointing will come and heal every sick person and rejoice your soul and will walk out rejoicing in the Lord this morning. Amen. Cannot fail. I put in your notes right here and watch. We want to assure you that Satan cannot cross that blood barrier that Jesus died for 2,000 years ago. 
And that barrier was set forth, as I said, 2,000 years ago. And by the spirit of wisdom, let's just call it the seventh seal revelation. We understand now that we are and always were seed. I don't understand the scope of that. I don't understand it all the way back to attributes, thoughts. I can't take it up. I can give you a drawing up here what I think to a degree, but it still wouldn't reach the depths of it. So in minute, minute measure of the Spirit now, each one of us has got our limits, and our limits is very shallow. I come down to the level that I can only say, that's what he said. I believe it. I'm going to confess it. And I'm going to pray that my confession will do something on the inside of me somewhere. That it will produce the product of that soul in me as it grows and comes forth into maturity. We all believe the blood barrier of 2,000 years ago. The prophet of God was the one that brought it forth when he condemned that woman when he went in that restaurant. Silver head sitting over two men, slobber around, half drunk, what more. And in his mind, he said, look at that mess. And the Holy Ghost says he can only do a prophet, pull him aside and say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? mess? That's my daughter over there. And he said, I seen a vision and the blood, of, blood was coming up the sins, uh, hitting, stalking Jesus. The blood was coming forward. And he said, my, my. And the Spirit said, that's your sins hitting the blood. I thought, boy, if that was Brother Bram's sins hitting the blood, <laughs> I must be bombarding with a Gatling gun. And he said, I'm sorry, Lord. I didn't recognize her as one of yours. And he goes over and begins to talk to her. She says, I already got a date. He said, I'm not talking about that sister. I'm talking about serving God. And they had a little prayer meeting in the, that little store there in the floor. And he said, the policeman, everybody took off their hats. Because why? The presence of God showed up. And he didn't, and she didn't, quench the Spirit to cause the Spirit to accomplish what he was there to do. I'm glad the prophet didn't quench it. And God already knew that the individual wouldn't quench it. But as far as she was concerned, to the point when God began to speak to you, in her mind, she had shut him off. Because she said, I used to go to church. I used to believe, but look what kind of shape I'm in now. He said, God doesn't care what kind of shape you're in. You're one of his. Your name's on the Lamb's book of life. He cannot lose you. Amen. So that spirit assured us, number one, that we were seed of God. He assured us that our souls were his absolute germ of life with eternal life. And that there was no power nor principality, no darkness, no preacher, no government, no physical condition is going to cause you to submit to this demonic power. <coughs> don't worry, I don't have COVID. What I got won't get on you at all. Except the Holy Ghost, and I'm praying that it will. 
what the devil can do. He can attack us in the realm of our mind. Greatest battle ever fought, the prophet said, was in the battle of your mind. Let me ask you a question. Has the, the devil, in let's say the last two or three months or the last year, has he ever questioned you in your thinking that you were absolutely born again and were seed or not? Has he ever questioned that whether you were seed or not? Well, he, you must be doing something because he questions. I mean, I go through that almost every week. You mean you do, brother? Absolutely. Because when I get through with this, and you know what's going to happen tomorrow morning? That devil comes and, but they didn't get that one, and they're not going to get the next one. You preached and you studied, and what did he do? It didn't do one ounce of good. Are you sure you're even called? Well, I said, I believe I am. He said, well, I don't believe you are. He said, can you prove it? And the bottom answer is no. Then what makes you think you are? And you don't come up with much of an answer. Because any answer you can give him, <coughs> he can show you the prophet that you believe said wasn't proof. Do you understand that this, the devil understands this message a lot more clearer than we do ourselves? And he hates one thing. That is for you to even consider that you are a predestinated, foreordained, son of God, sealed in, name on the book, he can't touch you. He cannot control you. He cannot kill you. He can only torment you. Hallelujah. That's what we should rejoice in. So the devil can't shake us from that. But what he can do is what? He can quieten down your mind. How many don't want to live? And what about this? What about that? He can get you so busy. This is the most mind age you've ever seen in your life. He can really dampen or quench your emotions. Do you understand that the emotions of humanity or the emotions of the Christian church, they're kind of drying up a little bit? That emotional ties and relationships and Respect and all of those things, attitudes, all those things that we could go through is drying up. Most of us don't even have the proper respect for ourselves, much less for someone else. Amen. And it can attack our bodies. Brother Ben said, Don't sell the devil short now. He's slick. And he'll never give up attacking your mind, your emotion, and your bodies. The pressures of this age, the pressures of darkness, the pressure of God's presence being void. Every time we come into this building, and Satan can work on your emotions, your mind, or your thinking, or you physically, to dampen us in any way, Gains one more little foot or stronghold 
controlling our life, our liberty, our confession, our walk, our faith, and everything else that we got. And he does it so slowly and so subtly that we don't even comprehend or think about what he's doing. Most of us, whether we're admitted or not, this past year has been depressing upon everybody. The whole world is under a spirit of darkness and depression. What they accuse this president of being a dictator, authoritarian, and taking control, that's exactly what the spirit called government is all about. I'd rather be under a Russian dictator, really, than basically a bunch of idiots up there playing like a dictator. Because right now, when they get in your schools and teach our children Marxism and communism and this woke language and tell you that you have to be this way, that you're not a male, you're not a female, you're some kind of mixed up gender, whatever more. Trying to tell you to disgrace yourself because you're white. Brother, I don't care whether I'm white, black, blue, purple, or green. If that soul come from God and the Holy Ghost living there, what comes out of your heart and what comes out of your mind will be saying exactly the same thing. That's the reason I'm saying the Holy Ghost cannot be in these churches and they get up and condone all of this stuff that's going on in the world. Can't be. What has this spirit done for us? Well, you said it hadn't affected me too much. It's affected our health. It's affected our drive. How many has got the same drive and enthusiasm for life that you had five or six years ago? I'd like to say, man, I think I do, but actually I don't. I can say, well, it's my health, it's my age, it's more and more. But the drive, I'm talking about the enthusiastic drive. When's the last time that you've been so excited about coming to church and the Holy Ghost living in your heart and you want to praise God to where it feels like you're just almost bursting out of your seams? It's been a long time. Is that your fault, my fault, preacher's fault? It's the devil's fault. Because we don't realize how he works. He suppresses. He squeezes. Why do you think that Brother Bram called it the squeeze? He squeezes. Squeeze you economically, politically, on and on we go. Those three things will end up under a fourfold cord called the Antichrist system. We don't have the energy. You don't have that health, that glowing health in the people. The drive is not there. And it's getting to the place that people say, well, I don't really have that desire. You say, well, I've never said that. When's the last time a lot of people have even been in church? What happens when you can baptize them and they don't, they don't even have enough desire to even come back? 
That's not only here, that's everywhere. Something's missing. Something is not happening to those that goes to the water, confesses Jesus Christ as Lord, baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for remission of sins with the promise of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and God's Word cannot fail except you quench the desire for the Spirit away. Not very many people want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want just enough to where I don't run out on my wife. I don't lie too much. I don't steal where they catch me. But I don't want enough to where I'm basically centered in the Bible. I have a, my mind is stayed on God. I have a desire for this. I have a desire for that. I don't have any questions anymore. I'm not really interested in doctrine anymore. Then something's wrong with the Spirit of God that it started out with. Sad to say, when I started out, I hope you don't mind me just talking to you. I mean, you got the notes, you can read them. When I started out and got in contact with this message, I had three books. First one I read was Marriage and Divorce. The next one was basically Serpent Seed. And I don't know what the third was now, but them first two was enough to do something. Went to an iced over lake, got baptized. Picked up a Bible, began to read it 14 hours a day, night and day. Said in a, I couldn't get enough, I took it to work with me. Seven days a week, read the Bible, listen to those books, read the Bible, listen to those books. And you know what? That same spirit that started out, that same desire to know, that same thirst for understanding, that same drive to know what is the will of God. What does this scripture say? What is this word? Where, who am I? Where am I going? What is the promise for this age? That desire has not diminished. Yes, I've gotten tired. If it was left up to the mind and to my human spirit and my body, I would have retired five years ago, and maybe I should have. But there's still a drive on the inside. That when I don't even feel like it physically, don't even have the wind to stand up here and talk to you, there's still a drive of the spirit of someone and somewhere that wants to tell you God is here and He's in control. He will not fail us. Many people has got to the place we got people online right now at different states that probably hadn't been to church in years, but they tune online and listen. Sitting right now in their living rooms watching me on a television, a cup of coffee in their hand, looking across the living room at each other, eyes going up or shaking their head. Hopefully sometimes they shake their head this way. That's right, Brother Gregory. That's right, Brother Gregory. We'll tune in next week, Brother Gregory. 35 years and haven't been to church yet. Something is not right. Is just hearing the word going to be enough to get you in? 
You can hear my word and we'll be done in 10 minutes. You can hear this word and before you hit the door, you say, well, I've got this, i got that. I'm going to go to eat lunch. I'm going to go walk. And 15 minutes, the devil has took out of your mind everything that was said this morning. But I just wonder, do we still have enough human spirit left to where we can absolutely take our spirit and talk to your body. Karen, y'all want to come? I'm going to quit. I've done left my notes anyway, so you had to read them. I, that was a good sermon I had down. I didn't get to it. Some of you will go in a few weeks and sit down and watch the Super Bowl. Used to be a big deal. Meet you after church. Everybody got together. Watch the Super Bowl. We'd watch 70,000 people screaming, hollering, faces painted up, waving flags and banner and whatever more for these 12 idiots running up down the field trying to kill each other. Chasing a ball. How many has ever watched and screamed at the umpires? Oh, come on, I know you have. We're all human. You say, well, I don't watch it. Well, then what are you watching? I ain't watching nothing. <laughs> no wonder you're so dried up. Then. <laughs> you got to be full of something. Full of bull or something. You got to be full of something. But we look forward to it because why? Our spirit can get in there. Makes me feel good. Hallelujah. What's happening? You get in the spirit of the ball game because you want your mind off of your world over here and your problems. You want to distract your spirit from the responsibility, let's put it like that, of working. How many just can't just overwhelm your spirit is jumping up and down because you just can't wait to go to work tomorrow to do what you love to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. I just can't wait to get back on the job tomorrow. All you liars said amen. Stand up. Praise God. <laughs> it's not a one of us likes to work. And I'm 81 years old and I sure don't like to work anymore. We want something to stimulate our spirit. We want to feel good. We don't want to think about problems. And the devil says, I tell you what, <laughs> I'm talking about myself now. Take this trip. Sit in the sunshine seven days. You'll forget your problems and it'll feel good. And you come back and you can try it again. In two weeks, I'm going to try that, that, that formula right there. The only reason I am glad to see our anniversary roll down once a year is because I get to take a break. <laughs> we want to feel good in our spirit. How many takes vitamins? Drinks a little extra cup of coffee? To what? To ump that energy. To ump it. To, to get up here to where you can enjoy what you're doing. What about getting in the spirit? 
What's keeping us from stepping over that little element between here and here that controls here or controls here? Because until we quit quenching the Spirit and let it come out of your mouth, because faith cometh by hearing, you say what you are and what you declare and what you're going to do by the grace of Almighty God. I am a believer. I am going to church on Sunday morning, and I don't care whether hair lips hoover, so to speak, or the never, the, my neighbor is sensitive when you holler, amen, hallelujah. Well, we're so-and-so, we're shut out. Well, why don't you just get a back seat in the back seat, and you'll only hear it that much. But I don't care how you holler. At least I know some spirit is in the building. Say amen. amen. And if I hear some spirit in the building, and even though I know it is the devil, I feel pretty good about it because I know if the devil is in there showing off, there must be a believer in there somewhere that is trying to impress. But we have quenched down any outward expression because of legalistic preachers that begin to take over the Spirit. And when the charismatics come along, and begin to impersonate the worship, Brownsville Revival. They got professional musicians, professional choir leaders and worship leaders. They all begin to worship and sing in the Spirit and rejoice and hallelujah, hallelujah. For the last 25 years, they draw together 50, 60,000 people at a time. And they have absolutely quenched the Holy Spirit out of their church out of their mind, and as far as they're concerned, he's out of existence. When you begin to hear people denounce what they call the presence, and they will say, well, it's that Perusia doctrine. Denounce the appearing. Just watch. Sooner or later, and it's sooner than later, they'll quench that spirit in them to the place that they finally denounce the messenger himself. And we see that transpiring. Denouncing the messenger is the unpardonable sin that Jesus spoke of 2,000 years that would come in this hour when the Holy Ghost himself would come and do to the Gentiles what he'd done through flesh in Jesus Christ, our Messiah. The greatest move of God's Spirit is setting right within touch of us right now. The greatest desire that I have and you have, should have, pray without ceasing that the Holy Ghost would be revealed to you I'm talking about the pillar of fire be revealed to you and fill you with the revelation of himself, especially who you are, what you are, and what he is here to do for you. Put that in your mouth 
And we will come and we will not quench the revelation of he is here. And once we declare and begin to shut off that mental voice up there telling us what we're not and what we can't do. And this voice out of this word here is here telling you who you are and what you can do. In other words, what I have already done for you. Stand up and speak what he's already done. Claim it as yours and you shall have it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's stand this morning, would you? So when I talk about quenching the spirit, I'm not trying to get us to run around the building, which would be all right. I'm not trying to keep us screaming and hollering for one service so you'll basically recognize the service. I'm talking about releasing within you that sweet, Holy Spirit of brotherly kindness to where it anoints our minds, our mouths, and our whole body. That when we look on each other, we see our brother, we see our neighbor, we see ourselves. And there's a love between us. I cannot explain it. I cannot produce it. And I'm not telling you that I have it. But there is a love by confessing that he is here that will come in your life that you will not be able to explain it, give it to anyone else or anything else, but it will come. That confession, that atmosphere, that pillar of fire will actually come in the midst of our gathering and make himself known as a spirit if we will not quench him. He will come and come to the place that we can know that he is here. Now we only believe it. But if he would show up in our midst this morning, and I'm not a prophet and I wouldn't even say it, only by faith. He's here. I can tell you he's here, but I cannot prove it to you. But I'm declaring what that voice told me. Speak. And whatever you ask the Father, he'll give it to you. Let's bow our heads. Father, I confess out of my mouth this morning that you in the form of a pillar of fire is here in our midst and you are hearing our voice at this time. I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ, thy only begotten Son who shed his blood 2,000 years ago. That you, yourself, that vindicated a prophet that had come among us. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will make your presence known among us right now. We are not a prophet. We do not have the gifts of discernment to make you manifest. But you said according to John 14, 13 and 14 that when we recognize your presence, we can ask you anything according to your will and you will do it. I know it is your will to fill every believer with your spirit this morning. I know it is your will to open the revelation of yourself to each heart. Therefore, I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, that your great presence, the great revelation of that you are here, may that revelation infill our hearts this morning. Set us on fire by the Holy Ghost within us. Loose us from the powers of darkness. Break the shackles of fear away from us. And set us free and deliver us in your presence. I ask now that your presence move upon every heart. And may we give you praise and honor and thanksgiving as we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. What are we going to sing? Amen.
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Savior, Jesus. The rain, oh Jesus. Let's open our hearts this morning and say, Lord, fill me with thyself, fill me with the knowledge of your presence. Come in the measure of your word. Take over my mind, my will, my spirit, my body. Take your perimeters in every heart. May we magnify your name. May we magnify your works among us. Magnify us yourself, Lord. Magnify your name. something about that name oh master Jesus let all children and us Holy Spirit of God move among us this morning May your presence be manifested, O oh God. Move on every heart, every soul. Only you can do it, Lord, by your word and by your spirit. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Claim, O oh, kings and kingdoms, will soon pass away. But there's something that that Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit, every little human spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist instead of the Word, instead of the revelation, instead of the presence, instead of. Whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. Your confession slowly quenches the Spirit of God in your life. I have preached this law for 30-something years. That you have a, the control of your destiny, your blessings, your outcome, what you receive in life, what you don't receive in life. I'm not talking about your predestinated soul, where you're going to end up, who you are. I'm talking about the blessings of sonship. It all rests in your mouth. Pray without ceasing. 
What does praying mean? Speak the Word of God that's been revealed to you in this age that is for you and for this hour. And He knows you're more than a conqueror. And maybe we'll look at next week. This message was to what? Finally deliver a group of people from the spirit of fear. Deliver us from a spirit of fear. Fear is taken over this nation. Fear is taken over the people. And fear has taken over the Pentecostal group of people. Brother Branham said the thing that I see most as I travel around the world is among the Pentecostal people is just you're afraid of anything and everything. You're afraid of something. But he said he's here to deliver you and take you out from under the bondage of fear. Don't be afraid of the Holy Ghost. Don't be afraid of what this revelation of God's presence will do for you. Don't be afraid of the Word of God. Don't be afraid to ask God to take complete control of your mouth, your mind, your body, your soul. Take premise in you. Don't be afraid of what He's going to do in you or through you. He'll do you no harm. He'll do you no wrong. And He'll bring you from the bottom of the pools right to the top of the statue of a perfect man. God loves us because we're His children. We're His seed. We are part of Him. Confess it. Act like it. Talk to your Father that is here. Now, not on a far journey. Talk to the God that's here. Talk to the God of William Branham. Talk to the God of Elijah. And see the results. We will have a product of the teaching of this message for the last 30 years. God is here, and there will be a revival and a product from that word. And what will it bring? Total deliverance. A total casting off of the powers of darkness and a total freedom. And letting the Holy Spirit move in your midst and your hearts. The people got so far in the latter rain until... They would, didn't mind shouting, speaking in tongues, falling on the floor. They wasn't concerned with what people thought of them whatsoever. But now we got so dignified and whatever more that we can't even let God move on us at all. I pray that the Holy Ghost will speak to your heart this coming week. And remember, you're in the days of Noah. Are you in the boat? Or are you out of the boat? Do you have a desire for God to take control of you, to take you out of here, or you don't have that desire? If you don't, get in God's Word, get on your knees somewhere, and ask God to fill you with His presence, His Word, and His Spirit. And get this spirit of darkness and this fear away from you. You're not going to be lost. You can't be lost. He's not going to lose you whatsoever. He's not going to do it. That's a lie of the devil in your mind and heart. Get it out of your mind. Let's come in next week with an open heart, prayed up. And we'll take this spirit of darkness and we'll cut its head off and put it under our feet and begin to open our mouth and win this battle because we are going to take a rapture. We are going to have our bodies changed by the confession that comes out of our mouth. Amen. Amen. Well, what other song are we going to sing? Well, I'm not... Going to walk away. Is that, the, is that a song? I don't know what it is, but that's a good song. 
Amen. How many loves the Lord this morning?